0: Which down-roster Dallas Cowboy veteran is going to be the most likely to make a surprise impact this season? All that and more on the Locked On Cowboys podcast.
1: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys.
2: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB and Landon. You've got an uh, interesting show idea for us today. How are you doing today, buddy? You're doing well.
0: You know, I was going through the roster. We are we are doing some prep work for what is our usual traditional uh, positional review that we always do every year before training can't start. So that will be coming down the pike probably within the next few days. and That will be kind of stretched over the next few months as we go position by position, kind of looking deeper into the roster. But I, I kind of was going through the roster, looking over some players, and and I felt like there were these – five guys that I saw on the roster that are veterans they are not like undrafted free agents. They're not rookie draft picks. These are guys that have been on the team or just recently joined the team that we just don't talk about very much because they don't fall into the bucket of, you know, veterans that are, are high impact starters that are, that are going to make, you know, make the headlines mm-hmm. and they don't fall into the category of draft picks or young guys that we're excited about. These are the guys that have kind of slipped in between the cracks and I thought it'd be good to kind of get a whole episode just focus on some of these guys uh, before we kind of get into the nitty-gritty of exactly what the roster is going to look out to get. Shine, shine the light on some of these, these deserving, you know, grinders
2: a little bit further down the roster. What do you think about it? Uh, I'm excited because there's actually a couple of players that I wanted to mention to you. So uh, this Great. is going to be fun. So let's go ahead and start with your first player. Uh, who is the first one you want to talk about? So the first guy I want to talk about, just because again,
0: like especially at this position, there's been a lot of change, there's been a lot of additions, some subtractions. Terrell Basham is a guy Hmm. that on the roster last year, you know, was uh, just a very reliable player you know he wasn't super flashy they could use him a lot of different ways you saw him as a defensive end obviously uh playing on the left and on the right side uh he was a very reliable run defender throughout the season like he was the guy that you could go in there and you knew they could play uh could, could stand the edge up and 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 kind of hold that side over and then on top of that you know he's just been a reliable player for multiple teams over the last few years I mean, he's just guaranteed to give you Four to six sacks every mm-hmm. year uh, on limited, you know, reps. He's a rotational guy. He may not give you a ton of special team snaps, but I mean, even with the kind of crowded defensive end room, you, you've got Armstrong, you've got Fowler, uh, you've got Williams. Now, obviously, uh, Lawrence and everybody else, and Golson. All those guys are are probably above him and in, in, in kind of where they are in the rotation. But, but Basham provides a veteran presence in that rotation that you can always just kind of roll out there as your third defensive end and still give you solid run defensive snaps and then a little bit of pass rush. I mean, you even saw him kick in a little bit uh, and play some three technique in passing situations. So very versatile player who who's just basically reliable, not flashy, but the kind of guy that, you know, that this this kind of list is made for. Down roster folks who will make a, an impact on your on your team if not just a huge, you know, flashy pro bowl type impact.
2: Yeah. He's one of the few defensive linemen last year that was actually available to play all 17 games. Like he stayed healthy. Uh, He was a pretty good run defender. It was okay as a pass rusher, but that's kind of what he's been throughout his entire NFL career. And it does, it does make me feel a lot better about the depth, having somebody like Basham because let's say Chauncey Golston just doesn't take a stab or, Dorrance Armstrong gets hurt or whatever. And if you need Basham to be one of your base defensive ends on first and second down, and then you take him off the field and you play Michael Parsons or you're playing Dante Fowler as that rush end, okay, that's fine. Like Basham is a really solid player. And I believe he's only, I think he turns 28 this year. I think yeah. he, He's the type of guy that every defensive line needs to have that can just play multiple roles and does it pretty well. Yeah, you know, a lot
0: of teams likely would have kind of a, 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 a rookie or a younger player kind of filling up all these sort of end of the, of the bench rotational roles. But I think it's good to have a veteran presence, a guy that you know what's, what, what to expect from, just some stability sometimes with some of these down roster folks just to kind of provide a level of a floor, like a safe mm-hmm. floor for, for where your play is uh,
2: even when your starters aren't on the field. Having said that, I think there's still an outside chance he doesn't make the team. And it's actually sure. nothing to do with him, right? Yeah. Because uh, I, I, he kind of is what he is at this point. And that's a yeah. baseline, you know, maybe slightly below average starter, but high-end backup. But if somebody like Golston takes a step up or if Sam Williams is, uh, you know, he's more ready to go than what we think. And Dorrance Armstrong continues to look good. Maybe he does get pushed off the roster, but it does it does give you a really good baseline of production at defensive end where yeah, hey, if Sam Williams isn't ready, we're gonna be fine. And it makes me feel pretty good about the defensive line as a whole.
0: And I will say that everyone that I have on this list is is basically could be considered, you know, an insurance policy, basically, yes. right? Yep. On, on whether young players develop or not. Like all any one of these guys that I'm about to list, save one and we'll we'll see how you react to that. Uh, is is probably cuttable if needed, if need be. If, if a younger player kind of comes in and takes his place, the good thing about these guys that we're about to list is that they provide a safe floor exactly. for the bottom end yes. of the roster. So th- that's what all of these guys kind of have in
2: common. And by the way, I'm not predicting that Basham's going to get cut because no, it doesn't it doesn't save them a lot of money to do it anyways, and it's really hard to find quality defensive line. I and mean, even if you're only a you know a solid backup, that's highly valuable, especially in Dan Quinn's scheme, where you're going to be using. Eight to nine defensive linemen every single week. So I just think he's a, a, a really, really solid player. Um, I want to get to your next guy, Lana. But before we do that, let's tell you guys about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs uh Mavs fans close your eyes or you don't, mm. or you're just don't want to listen. major league baseball scores fights and even next season's NFL future uh futures bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs including live betting the playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right,
0: Landon, give us your next player. So the next guy is still on the defensive line, uh, but another guy who I felt like had a decent season, kind of did what you needed him to do. Uh, but but it wasn't flashy, so we don't talk about him a lot. And that's Carlos Watkins. Yep. Uh, I think is a guy who, especially as the, the 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 season kind of rolled along, really really started to play some very strong run defense for this team. Even had a pick six, which was the, kind of the craziest thing to to watch him happen. Uh, you know, kind of develop. Uh, you know, a guy that we kind of usually perceive as a big run-stuffing defensive tackle, uh, catching, a snagging that ball, and then running it in with something to watch. But I, I thought that Watkins was a very sneaky good signing. I mean, I, I think to just again kind of provide a safe floor for the bottom end of the defensive tackle rotation. If you look at the defensive tackle roster right now, it's 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 got a lot of names on it, yeah. and Carlos Watkins yeah. is one of them, right? And and I think that you know you have a lot of hopes. For uh, you know several of these guys to develop, Gallimore, Hill, uh, Oso Digizua, obviously, uh, all these guys that you hope are going to uh, you know kind of take that next step uh, and, and potentially, and, and and then even some of the other you know maybe guys are closer to what 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 Watkins is doing right, where the Bahanas, the the Ridgeways, right. If any of those guys kind of take a step or two or surprise in training camp, I wouldn't be surprised if Watkins didn't quite make it onto the team, but. At the same time, if Tristan Hill doesn't kind of you know get his button gear, or mm-hmm. you know, a couple of these guys don't take that next step, uh, you know I think Watkins provides a much softer floor for that kind of last d- defensive tackle on the roster uh, than you know trying to take a gamble on a guy that's crazy up and down. So uh, you know Watkins is a guy again. I-, I would say maybe even less flashy than Basham in some ways, but uh, much like Urban at points last year. Watkins is that guy you can throw into some of these techniques. He can eat up blocks. Uh, He can help in the run game. If he's not the person making the tackle, at the very least he can uh, plug up a gap and, and kind of, you know, help in that sense. So I wouldn't, again, wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't on the roster, if one of these defensive tackles had a really great training camp. But if, if they don't, Watkins is a guy that you can rely on as being part of a rotation for that defensive tackle group.
2: Yeah. I was just watching the, the week one, uh, all 22 of Tampa, Dallas, and he didn't play very well. And in fact, the first six or seven games of the season, he didn't. Yeah, he he wasn't he wasn't very good. But by the end of the season, I thought he started to play quite a bit better. And I think part of it too is the Cowboys limited his snaps. Like he was just playing far too many snaps early in the season. I actually have it right here. So, Well, they had all know, those
0: it, injuries, you know, and, and so like it, it just forced a lot of these guys like yes. Odiggy Zua to kind of come in and play a bunch of snaps. But go ahead. What were you saying?
2: Yeah, so like weeks, week one, 30 snaps. Week two, 40 snaps. Week uh, five, 35 snaps. Week six, 39 snaps. That's just too many. In week nine, he played 42 snaps. But by the end of the season, the Cowboys had him in the upper teens, low 20s. And I think that's where you kind of need him, right? If you can keep him in the low 20s, keep him fresh, play him on first and second down, I think he can be a a, – I don't want to say a really good player, but a really nice part of your defensive line. And that's what they were missing over the last couple years. And it's interesting to me that he's the guy that kind of won out in the defensive lineman room between Brent Urban and Quentin Bohana. Like Watkins is a guy that ultimately stuck. And – even even though they have Bahana, they drafted Ridgeway, they've got Gallimore and Tristan Hill and Osa. I still think there's a role for Watkins on this team.
0: I agree. Yeah, you know, it looks it, you looked at what happened early in the season last year. Uh, you, you lose Gallimore for, to an injury. You've Urban is gets hurt, so Watkins was just forced to play probably somewhere around twice as many w- twice as many snaps as they probably anticipated. Uh, and the same goes for uh, Odigizua, and they both kind of got way more snaps than than they were expected to. So I think at this point you see there's a ton of numbers there. Bahana is a guy that you feel more comfortable than you did a year ago about having to get in the rotation. You've added Ridgeway. Some of these guys are a year older, so uh, you know Watkins's role is not as absolutely dire necessary. But I still think it would be great to have him in there, just kind of giving you. 15 snaps a game because yes. those 15 snaps at the bottom of the roster are, are, are better. I think served
2: when, with a veteran than a, a rookie that is still kind of learning on the job. And they're absolutely going to have enough snaps for all these guys to go around. Yeah. As you look at the snaps last year, you had Carlos Watkins played almost 500 snaps, Justin Hamilton, not on the team, played 250 snaps last year. Quinton Bahana, 222, Tristan Hill, 194, Brent Urban, 160. He's off the team. Austin Fioli, I believe is how you say his yep. name, he, yep. he played a handful of snaps. Like they they were just trying to figure out who could even play some weeks, and they had to kick Terrell Basham inside. So yep. I know there's a lot of names, and they added depth this offseason, but they're going to have those snaps available. I, I, I think Watkins is going to be locked into his role, and I think he's fine. I think he's a fine player. Totally agree. Uh, I, the next guy on my list I am going
0: to uh, mention, and then I'm actually going to just turn the floor over to you yeah. to talk about it a little bit, uh, Sean McEwen. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I will just throw out there that I feel like a guy that is, you know, he follows up the path of a lot of these other kind of tight ends, right, who comes mm-hmm. in, they, they get him through a kind of unconventional means, they hold on to them while they develop him a little bit, uh, and then eventually, you know, either they kind of sink or swim, and I feel like this is Sean McEwen's sink or swim year, right? Uh, yep. what, are, what are your thoughts about Sean McEwen?
2: Yeah, so Sean McEwen was an undrafted free agent in 2020, um, made the initial 53-man roster, uh, and then he was on the team last year, played in the 100, 100-something snaps. Yeah. Um, he, he's not really a receiving tight end. He's really more of you're hoping that he develops into a blocking tight end that can do enough as a receiver to at least keep defenses honest. Agree. But year three is when these tight ends need to take a step, right? If you haven't gotten better as a blocker in by year three, or you haven't developed into being a somewhat of a weapon in the passing game, it's time to move on. But this is a big year for McEwen. I he he's a pretty young tight end. I believe he just turned 24 years old. Um we'll see. This is kind of the year Dalton Schultz took off, right? And it was 2020 where he started to look like a much different player compared to the first couple years of his career. McKeelan isn't as talented as Schultz, but there's some movement things. And I, I think there's some reasons to be excited, but we'll see. Uh, he's going to, he's going to actually have a tougher time making the roster this year than I think he did last year, because you do have Schultz, you have Jeremy Sprinkle, who's locked into a role. You've got Jake Ferguson, who has draft capital at the fourth round pick. Plus you have other guys that they kind of like down roster between Peyton Hendershot and Ian Bunting, We'll see. It's a huge year for Sean McHughan coming up.
0: It really is. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, kind of, this is the timeline that we've seen with some of these young younger tight ends. He, he's really shown to be a very good pass blocker. It's crazy how many like pass blocking snaps he ended up taking last year uh, when he's on the field. He didn't take a ton of snaps as a receiver, uh, but you've seen it in training camp that he has that kind of movement ability to be uh, someone that's at least worth getting the ball to and then and then seeing what he can do with it afterwards. All right, next guy on my list, uh, as actually was mentioned by you, I'm going to skip around a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I have, I'm going to ask it in the form of a question. There are uh, five players on this team last year, Marcus, mm. who had more than 250 special team snaps. Mm. But only one of them had another 150 snaps on either offense or defense as well. Do you know who that player is? I don't, I did not know this either. Cause I was shocked to know the number of snaps he played, but Jeremy Sprinkle played mm. 250 plus special team snaps and 150 snaps on offense. And is in uh, again, another reason why that you, you may see someone like Sean McEwen may not make the roster because you do have the young guy in Ferguson and sprinkle is a guy that is, doesn't get discussed enough uh, or doesn't get discussed very often. Uh, is it really a huge part of the offense outside of a potential blocking tight end that they'll come in and, and, and come in and, and almost act like a third tackle? But even that situation, as the Cowboys started to transition to using actual tackles yep. for those tight end situations, uh, Sprinkle kind of didn't get the uh, the glory of when he was on the field at the same rate that the uh, Connors, McGoverns, and Darren Steeles did when they were playing tackle, I mean, tight end. So I, I, I think it's, it Sprinkle's a guy that, comes in and does a lot of the dirty work on the offense and on special teams for this team and, and, and is just kind of a very versatile player. Uh, he clearly is someone that the Cowboys value more than the general fandom does. I think kind of almost like CJ Goodwin, but maybe not quite yes. to that extent. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, a guy whose name needs to be mentioned and is someone that should be in Cowboys minds, because I think there is a very good chance that he makes a team again this year.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's worth mentioning in the first 13 weeks of the season, he had just two games where he had more than 12% of the snaps, right? He, he just wasn't used very often. And part of that is because they had Blake Jarwin, who I yep. didn't play a lot, but he was available. But in the last five games of the season, I'm just going to read you the percentage of the offensive snaps that he played. 27, 24, 23, 17, 35%. Like he was on the field. I mean, that's not an insignificant amount. If you're playing a quarter of the snaps, it's a a pretty big chunk of snaps. Cowboys obviously like him as a blocker. He doesn't really offer you anything as a receiver. Three catches for 31 yards last year. But if you're going to have a tight end like Dalton Schultz, he's a fine blocker, but not a dominating blocker. You need somebody like this, right? And I think he's kind of perfect for that number two, number three tight end. You can use him in goal line sets. You can use him in power situations. I like. I I really do like Jeremy Sprinkle. I kind of think he's the perfect third tight end in today's NFL.
0: Yeah, and again, like each one of these guys that we've listed so far, uh, you know, they they almost have a kind of uh, uh, rookie equivalent so far, right? Like a guy yeah. that's coming in above him that's going to get most of the snaps. But what what these guys kind of do is provide you know opportunity for those guys to get all those snaps and still fail you know if, if it doesn't work out if it doesn't quite play out the way that you had hoped it would with Ferguson or or with uh, uh, you know he just Bridgeway gives you such or- a safe floor
2: right like if yeah. if you go into the season and you need Sprinkle and Schultz to be your tight ends for the first eight weeks of the season. You're fine. It's not a big deal at all. Right. You're not
0: relying on the the learning curve of these players to be so steep that it's unrealistic. Right. Because if if they don't make it, if they if they're not, you know, ready for primetime by the time week one comes in, each one of these guys has experience starting and playing in the NFL Uh, Meaning these vets that we're mentioning so they can they can take that job until these rookies are ready to kind of grab that brass ring and be be a larger part of the rotation. So I I think, again, that's kind of why we're going over these guys and, and why we're mentioning them is because they serve a valuable role. Uh, at, at the very least for insurance policies for especially what's about to come up with with training camp and with mini camps at the very least if these guys don't develop the the rookies don't develop the way you want them to yes he, he, here's the guys that you will likely see uh, kind of taking their place until they're ready to take take over it, and game.
2: it's also really nice to have this player in team if you're not super confident about your receivers right let's say let's say it's CD and the rest of the wide receivers early on in the season are struggling okay well you can play more two tight end sets Is it going to be as efficient in the passing game? Probably not. But you don't feel like you're putting out a bad player on the field because your receivers aren't ready. Like Jeremy Sprinkle is a fine tight end that can actually be a net positive to your rushing attack. So having somebody like this is really valuable to your offense. And it's frankly one of the reasons why the Cowboys offense has been really good over the last couple of years is Sprinkle isn't a star. But when you can have so many different formations and personnel groupings, you can – match up against whatever kind of defense you want, or you can exploit any kind of defense that you want. You need two or three guys like this on offense that can fill different roles. You have one in Noah Brown. You've got one in Jeremy Sprinkle. It's the key to having a well-balanced offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's you, know, you said it there is it, it, you have schematic options. You know, yep. if things aren't working 11 personnel due to, you know, due to the personnel itself or due to a mismatch issue, then you can go to 12 personnel and try to exploit things in that route and still have competent players to, to kind
2: of run those formations. And, and we saw Dallas do it at the end of the year when the passing offense was struggling, right? They relied more on Jeremy Sprinkle as a blocker and they still put up a ton of points, uh, you know, at the end of the season against some fairly good defenses. So yeah, still a, a very useful player. All right. One more quick break to tell you guys about rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible to, for your local auto parts store to stock up on all the parts that you need. But Rock Auto has everything uh, from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in the how did you how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, the part all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com
1: today. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: All right, Layton, who's your final player? So this is a
0: guy that, you know, all these guys that we've named before, uh, we've talked about a little bit somewhere, right? Or, or, or at least a lot of the Cowboys fans have an idea of who this, these players are. They've been on the team previously. This guy's kind of a new guy, uh, a guy that ha- the Cowboys just signed this year with, with very little fanfare and, you know, very little people know about what's going on here. And that's Ryan Nall. Uh, mm. He's a running back that the Cowboys had signed and played for the sh- for Chicago Bears the last three years. And and it seems to me that they're going to be playing him a little bit of fullback, maybe moving him around a little bit. The reason, one of the reasons I really wanted to point him out was uh, I think he potentially could be taking that kind of Rod Smith role in yeah. this offense, right? Yeah. Where he's the third running back, uh, or or the fourth running back in some cases, a fullback. I think you you'll see him kind of function as a fullback. You know, let's say that they get to the season and they decide that they don't want to carry. Uh, just a specific fullback like like, like Nick Ralston isn't quite uh, uh, enough on special teams or enough as a fullback to justify a roster spot what you could do with a guy like Ryan Knoll is you, t- you bring him on as your fourth running back he can play all the special teams you need I think he played something like 200 snaps for Chicago last year in special teams so he has experience there uh, he can be your, your your down roster running back I think you probably would prefer to get uh, uh, uh dowdles the 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 majority of the carries there but i do think that a guy like Nall could be extremely valuable in you know if you have an injury he can be part of a rotation of guys who can carry the ball i mean he's 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 good at carrying the football It's, it's it's he doesn't have like elite speed but he's got very good quickness for a guy his size he can get north and south he can be a physical presence in the run game so if if something happens with zeke and you need uh, uh figure out a situation where you're rotating these running backs, Nall could easily be your hammer because you may, mm-hmm. you may be lacking one. And just, if you have just poll- Pollard and, and Dowdle. Uh, and I think, again, he can come out of the backfield as a fullback. He can block a little bit as a, as a lead b- blocker, as a fullback. Uh, you know, he can, he can even kind of, I think he's played some tight end before, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I saw him actually lining up or as a wing and as uh, online. So he has position versatility has special teams uh, value these are the kind of guys that make rosters, right? Because mm-hmm. they, you need versatility at the bottom end of your roster. You need to be able to do more than one thing. If you aren't going to be a guy who's going to get ten to fifteen snaps on offense or defense, you need to find a way to make yourself valuable uh, with for the roster on the on the on the back side of it. And special teams prowess, position versatility, job versatility. Those are all things that uh, uh, you know a fourth running back really, really needs to do in order to kind of hang around. And I think that's kind of the role they envisioned when they signed a guy like Nall, right? Is that they, mm-hmm. you know, they knew they liked Dowdle, but this guy can kind of fill a bunch of different roles. He can be a game day active guy who uh, you know, if something goes on someone gets injured, he can pop in at running back, he can serve your, your snaps at fullback, he can be your up back, he can be someone who runs downfield to make tackles. This body type combined with being a running back, is a very useful player for an NFL roster.
2: Yeah, and I actually think he's probably competing more with the down-roster linebackers for a spot could on be. the team. yeah. Right, like Aaron Hansford or um, maybe uh, the, the, the Oklahoma State linebacker, uh, right, that the Cowboys drafted yeah. this year, Harper. He's Harper. probably competing for one of those spots because those are going to be special team spots, but could he give you... Five snaps a game on offense, seven snaps a game on offense as a fullback as a H back or whatever you want to use him as. Sure, I, I certainly think that's possible. I, I I actually have one name for you that I wanted oh, to. This year, yeah. Semi Fahoku. When the Cowboys took mm. Fuhoku last year in the fifth round, the the thought was he needs at least a year to to get up to the speed of the NFL and to learn the yep. route tree and stuff. Okay, he had a year and he' he was actually able to play some special teams. Not a ton. Uh, he played 48 total special team snaps last year, whatever. He was on the active roster all year for the Cowboys. And now going into 2022, now that he's a second-year player, doesn't seem like we talk about him at all as he, even right. a potential option, right? It's C.D. Lamb and then, okay, is it Jalen Tolbert in the slot? Is How quickly does Michael Gallup get back? Uh, do we see James Washington on the outside? Is there any chance that he's somebody that just takes – two big steps from his rookie year to year two and hey he's maybe not a starting receiver, but what if he's kind of where Cedric Wilson was like in year three? Yeah, I mean you know
0: we keep hearing you know rumors and whispers that they're asking him to, to you know put on extra weight and, and potentially you know uh, I, I I kind of envisioned when I hear that that they're trying to like groom him a little bit for that kind of Noah Brown role, right? And then mm-hmm. you see that they, they re-signed Noah Brown. so
2: Which uh, makes sense. It, Noah Brown was super yeah. cheap. So that totally makes sense.
0: It totally does. And and I think that likely what it means is that you're going to see Fahoku kind of play a little bit more of that kind of hybrid tight end wide receiver role. Uh, you know, he's a big bodied guy. He's got some athleticism to him. I think the idea of like seeing what you can get with a guy like that, uh, you know, it, does, he, does he maintain that level of quickness? With fifteen or twenty extra pounds, you know, or what? What you know? What is his speed at at two thirty versus two fifteen? Right, two ten. My, my
2: my guess is he's going to be fine. He ran a four 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 at the, his pro day. Let's say he runs a four five zero now at two thirty. Yeah, so.
0: and I and I think that's what what they're what they're more interested in, right? Mm-hmm. Is a guy is that type? Of, like we would rather have a guy that's two thirty that can run a four or five. Maybe we can put him in as as like a big slot type you know, and, 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 use him in, in certain, you know, packages where he's uh, that, that body type is, is especially useful. I, I tend to think that they're kind of looking at Simi Fahoku instead of a developmental kind of uh, you know, X receiver for, you know, wide receiver one, but more of like a move tight end hybrid wide receiver type that's going to play in the middle. It's going to play in the slot, uh, a big body type that can be presented a target in the middle who could also, I guess, if you needed to step yeah. outside and play some some outside receiver again, that down roster versatility I think is, is something that's really valuable to them, so they can do whatever they need to do, uh, you know, with with the bodies that they have eligible to come up and, to the game day roster.
2: And I'm not predicting that Semifahoku is going to all of a sudden break out this year and be a really useful player, but I do think it's a little interesting, like just to compare him to Cedric Wilson, who they drafted in the sixth round, right? So yep. Simi has more draft capital. I'm not sure how much it matters late in day three, but it's it's noteworthy. Um Fahoku, super productive in college, like Cedric Wilson, was a little bit of an older player. Fahoku is a far better athlete. Yep. And Wilson did nothing as a rookie. He missed his entire rookie season with an injury. I I just I just don't know what we're getting here. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. I I, I would not be surprised though, Lane, if we get to training camp and it's oh, Fahoku is so much better than Brandon Smith and Ontario Drummond and all these other down-the-roster guys. And while he probably is not going to be able to do the same special teams things as Noah Brown, maybe he's just clearly the fourth or fifth best receiver on the team and some of the the Cowboys feel pretty decent about. Like if they need him in the first four weeks of the season to kind of get through the games where they don't have Michael Gallup, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah, and remember, you know, just – just because you may be the fourth best receiving threat in that wide receiver room, that doesn't mean that you're making the fourth spot in the wide receiver room Correct. for the maybe a roster. Your job is once you kind of get down to the fourth and fifth spot, your job is more than just to be a receiving threat. You're not good enough to only be a receiver. You've got to be able to do more than that. You've got to be able to play special teams or, or in semi Vahoka's case, maybe some special teams and then also kind of giving some tight end role stuff where you're able to be a blocker when needed and that sort of thing. So uh, the more you can do, the more like, especially, like I said, wide receiver four, wide receiver, five running back three and running back four, you need to be able to do more than just be able to carry the, catch the
2: football. It is interesting that Mike McCarthy talked about him a little bit this off season and that they're excited about him. And uh, there, he actually said something about, Hey, We've, we've, we lost some guys. It's time for you to step up. Um, We'll see. This is somebody I'm just really excited to see in training camp, because I mean, you'll know, Landon, like we're there. Like you'll, you'll know if he took a step pretty quickly in training camp or if he looks like an improved player or if he changed his body, it's kind of one of these things that we don't know until we get to the practice field. But if he all of a sudden breaks out or he's somebody that we are really excited about, I think, you're suddenly feeling a lot better about the offense, at least in the first four or five weeks of the season.
0: I think he fits into a separate bucket of guys like TJ Vasher, Matt Farniak. Uh, I mean, I'm even Terrence to, to a little bit, t- right? I mean, the guys who you feel like uh, are going to take another step this offseason that you don't McComu. really have. Yeah, yeah, Makamu. Guys that you feel like have some upside that you feel like you, they needed a year season to kind of get better that you're excited to see what what they look like on the other side of that year, that you're excited to see what kind of improvements they made in the offseason. Uh, and and all kind of all these guys, uh not starters, you know, all, but, but below the start starter level, but guys who were with the team all throughout of last year that have yep. had the chance to develop. That you think, okay, are you guys ready to take another step into the conversation of key backup, starter, rotational player, that's, contributor? That's- like that's those are the guys that you you think could step into that role this
2: year. To your point, here are the list of players that played uh, less than 350 snaps last year that all could take a big step forward, or at least if two of these guys do, you're probably feeling pretty good, right? Nashawn Wright, Kelvin Joseph, Quentin Bohana, Sean McEwen, I mean, even Neville Gallimore a little bit. He's he's still a pretty young player. Uh, Jabril Cox, Mac Farniak, Israel Makamu, Jaquan Hardy, maybe Simi Fahoku, Tyler Coyle, Ian Bunting. I mean, there's a lot of those second, third year players now that all of a sudden I end backup stuff. Your depth on the team is we'll Absolutely, I agree. Load uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can check out the the show wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at Michael BCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll
1: see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.